Hey guys, what's up? It's Josef from Spitfire Airsoft, the podcast where we talk about everything in the Airsoft community, from new products, uh, guides for players starting off, controversies, whatever you guys ask for, I'm here for you. So, uh, in this episode, we're going to be go going over types of Airsoft guns, as well as mainly how to power them. Um, but just to uh, make a clarification for last week's episode which was the um starting guide um i didn't cover lower face masks i covered eye protection um i covered you know having boots and the right clothing but i didn't cover lower face protection um because your goggles of course won't cover your cheeks or that beautiful mouth of yours so how do you protect yourself um well there's not really much options um there's a maybe one or two that you can do if you really do want to protect your face. Um, so what most people will run is a lower face mesh mask. They sell these for like, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks, depends on when you find where you find them. And these will usually go above your head or not above your head. Like the strap will go behind your head and then it'll loop around towards the bottom of your mask. So it's sort of like you have like a lower mandible above your mouth um and these are usually full mesh you can have some of them with like half covered with cloth and or maybe just a really strong like light metal like aluminum those are a little bit more expensive and more rare um you can have some uh lower mandible setup with a uh a helmet like a fast helmet um those will usually run you a bit more um you can have some lower face masks that'll cover your, your ears as well um and I recommend these a lot for um, if you're like really getting up close to wherever you're shooting at. Um, CQB fields, especially if you're going somewhere where you can literally high five the person you're shooting at, please, please, please wear lower face masks. Your teeth, your face will thank you later. Um, especially if you're going against, you know, a lot of HPA users, guys with fast rate of fire. Um, you know, they can knock your teeth out straight up. They can make you bleed, whatever. So you want to protect your face. That's what people see all the time. Um, so you see when you look yourself in the mirror, make sure you wear the proper face protection when doing CQB or if, even if you're just running a rifle, you know, because um, sometimes if you just don't position yourself correctly, someone could just run up right on you and shoot you in the face and you're not going to like it. Um, personally, what I use is I run a lighter cloth on my mouth so I'll run um, like a sweat um, how do I explain it it's like it, it'll it'll collect sweat so it's sort of for more for like sports and stuff like if you're on a motorcycle um, I'll wear that around it's a bandana um, and since I'm usually running a sniper I'm far enough away where if I get shot at it won't mark my face but the bandana would just give me just a little bit of that extra protection that I need as well as you know refresh my face and as well for ear protection, which I'm actually pretty concerned about that. I wear um, MSA Swordants above my head. Um, those are running fairly expensive. Uh, you know, if you, if you want ear protection, maybe look at some Howard Light Pros. Um, just any type of cheap shooting um, headset will work. You will work fine. Anything that you can hear over them. Um, so that's it for the protection section. You know, airsoft's a sport, just like every other sport. You gotta protect yourself, make sure you're you're gonna be fine at the end of the day when you walk off the field. 
Okay, so um, now time to go over the actual content of this podcast episode. Um, and so we're going to go over types of airsoft guns, how to you know charge them, how to power them, and uh, tips and tricks or just what you need to know about all these specific things. So we're going to go for easiest, cheapest, and least complex to the end game type stuff at the end of this podcast um so first off springers um you know we've all seen these we've probably played with these as a kid without any protection i know i have i've been fairly lucky that i haven't gotten injured with them um these are really cheap like five ten fifteen dollar spring guns that you can buy um uh, a lot of places actually um but mainly really cheap stores um, I don't even know if Academy sells these. I know for sure Walmart would sell these before or any other like cheap store. I know when I go a lot to the flea market, they were everywhere. They were everywhere at the flea market. So these are great just to sort of um, like let's say you want to train someone how to you know how to handle a weapon or how it feels to have a weapon or you know if you want your kids to play outside in the backyard with eye protection, please give them eye protection. You know, these are really great because they, they shoot pretty weak. They shoot straight from a close from close range, but they're weak. They're safer than most of all the other options on this list. You just pull, pull the charging mechanism back, let it go, and it loads around in. You shoot it pretty weak, and you do the same thing over and over. Um, those are pretty easy um, to get a hold of. Those are cheap, and those are, again, great for... You know, if you're just just starting off and you need to like learn how a gun feels in your hand, um, you want to learn about trigger discipline and you know how to not aim at people and how it feels to you know hold a gun and fire it. So that's that's really good. But again, to be fair, I don't recommend that option just because at the end of the day, you're gonna not use it anymore like ever again, and it's free. It's gonna be it's gonna feel like a waste of money. Um, 10 15 bucks down the drain so you know might as well just save that money for some good eye protection or some boots or you know your next airsoft gun um then later we're going to go on to um sort of the uh low powered uh co2 guns these were i think this this might have been my first introduction to like really airsoft um were co2 powered guns um so it's what the CO2 is carbon dioxide, and they sell these little carbon dioxide uh, canisters. They're really small. They're like the size of your index finger. Um, excuse me. And what they, how they work is they have a little notch at the top that once you puncture it, that's what feeds the um, the power into your, your airsoft gun. Um, so usually insert this towards the bottom of the of the gun. Most most CO2 guns will be pistols so you insert it near the handle of the pistol there'll be a little mechanism or whatever and then you're going to tighten the little latch at the bottom and what that's going to do is it's going to push the canister up towards the gun and it's going to get punctured um this is all safe it's not going to explode or anything the um like the shell that holds the air is relatively tough and if anything if you do this wrong which is very hard to do unless you just don't if, unless you just puncture it and then let it go, make it loose. That's how you might get some air out, but it won't explode. It'll just really dispel the gas really fast. Um, that's really good for um, as well starting off. 
you can feel the recoil a lot of the times with CO2. It's definitely not as much as a, an actual firearm, but it does feel unique compared to uh, other options on this list. Um, and that's great for running sidearms. Um, so most um, lower end pistols will run CO2 um, and they'll usually run them per mag. So, you know, if you're running, get you run one mag in the gun and an extra mag on you, you usually have to have two CO2 canisters in each or one in each of the mags, so two in total. Um, and then they come in eight grams and 12 grams. Most guns will, will run the 12 gram canisters. Um, and they're fairly easy to find. Uh, Academy sells them, Evike sells them, you know, everywhere sells them. I, I used to buy some on the field sometimes in, in my emergency. And I used to buy some, sorry, I used to buy some in my field sometimes for emergencies um, when I run CO2. Um, they're not that cheap, but they're not that expensive either, especially if you buy in uh, larger quantities. <clears throat> and yep, those are run in sidearms and sometimes in actual rifles, but we'll go over that later. Um, as well as uh, just some really uncommon stuff you might hear uh, as far as airsoft scene goes for the next topic will be duster gas as well as um, LP AEGs. So what um, duster gas is, is it's basically compressed air. That's what it is. It's, you know, if you get a little can from home, not home Depot, well, you can get it from home Depot, home Depot, um, usually office Depot or staples. They have a little can of compressed air so you can clean stuff. Uh, does some stuff off with it. That's basically what'll go in a in a gun. This is like really old stuff. Like the technology is really old. Um, some Tokimori guns, like really old, like low velocity guns, will use duster gas, um, and it has the lowest compression out of like all the possible gases from CO2 to um, green gas. Um, you know propane anything it's usually the lowest it is the lowest um so in case you ever see duster gas guns which you know you can find one congrats to you uh try to avoid them they're really low velocity they're a pain in the ass if something breaks and they're just really old technology um and uh lpags that stands for low power automatic electric guns um, those are these are the ones that you see on Amazon. These are the ones that you see on on eBay for like 40 bucks. You know, these are the ones that will break in like a week or two of use. Um, that this was my first type of real airsoft gun. I got a G36C um, from Double Eagle. I don't even know what the thing chronoed at, but it was weak as hell. It broke in like two weeks, and I still have it somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, without any of the batteries or anything, but these things are weak as hell. They'll break easily. And this is another substitute to like spring pistols. If you, let's say you want to, you know, up your game in your backyard shooting or plinking, low powered airsoft guns are a way to go. But again, sooner or later, if you want to upgrade, it'll be a waste of money, in my opinion, you know? Um, if you're getting these for your kids or something, after you get the my protection again, um, this is a good option to go to. Um, but again, if they're kids, it's very easily that they'll trip and fall and they'll break them the moment this thing touches the ground. So um, LPAGs, low-power airsoft guns, try to avoid those. 
Um, and those usually run on nickel metal hydride batteries, which we'll go over in the next topic, which is AGs. Um, these are your bread and butter of, um, of Airsoft. Um, like 90% of the people on fields or in the world are running AEGs. That stands for automatic electric guns. These are your rifles, your... Um, are your rifles <laughs> um some you know shotguns some most dmrs um people are running AEGs, and that's because these have become so common there's so many parts to them they're easy to maintain to feel there's not they're not finicky like all the other ones they are not too complex and they're widely available so that's what most people use is AEGs, and now um there's of course different brands of AGs. AGs have um, you know motors and gears, so they are complex a little from the inside. But once you know what you're doing, you know it's just basically the same thing all around. Um, and now we're gonna go over how to power them, and that is with of course batteries since they're electric. Now you have two options when when you want to power an AG. You have the nickel metal hydride batteries, which is NIMH. That's the acronym or you have lipo batteries now what nickel metal hydride batteries are is they're basically like the um, the entry-level version into airsoft they won't blow up on you they're easy to charge they're cheap um, these are the batteries that will usually come with your gun they're the safest batteries out there you know even if you somehow screw them up they won't blow up on your face potentially like lipos um, and nickel metal hydride batteries come in basically two sizes for airsoft you have the 8.4 volts and the 9.6 volts the 9.6 volts i recommend that if you're just starting on on airsoft you want to run 9.6 volt nickel metal hydride batteries and imh airsoft batteries um, and of course, they come in all all shapes and sizes. Um, if you're running an M4, you want what's called a battery type uh, stick, and that basically what that basically does is it separates the battery into like two sections, and that can go into either section of your crane stock. Um, of course, there's videos out there. It'll make more sense when you actually have it in person and you actually have to put it in your gun. Um, I do recommend that again, nickel metal hydride batteries for starters. That's what I'm I'm gonna have my friends use um, next weekend on the field because you know they're usually charge if I ever charge them so what they'll be fine um, still just because they say they're fine doesn't mean they're they're bulletproof um, don't go sticking knives in them and needles um, and especially the more you overcharge them the more you leave them on of course the more they degrade so just be careful with them but they don't usually require as much um, care as lipo batteries now you're probably wondering well, what the hell are lipo batteries you know they're probably bombs or something no so lipos so the actual name for lipos are lithium-ion polymer batteries abbreviated into lipos that's what most people refer to them as and these have become really common and just a staple in the airsoft community as well as other hobbies such as like rcs or drones because of their power so um lipos have more more of a flexibility when it comes to uh, form factor you can have them really long sticks you can they usually come a little smaller you can have them in a little brick type shape to go into peck boxes or wherever you want to mount them um, so it's 
a lot easier to find something specific to your gun compared to nickel metal hydride batteries. Um, they have a more consistent um, output no matter the charge. So nickel metal hydride batteries, the, the more you discharge them, the weaker it'll get. Just a little, but the weaker it'll get. And they're usually lighter. Nickel metal hydride batteries are, in my opinion, like twice as heavy as LiPo's. Um, so let's say you want to get a LiPo. What do you need to learn about LiPo's? Um, you have two options for LiPo's. You have a 7.4 volt and an 11.1 volt. And the 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 reason there's such specific numbers is because um, LiPo's will run in what's called cell counts, and each cell is 3.7 um, volts each. So, for example, you know you have a two-cell LiPo that is a 7. Point, that's a 3.7 times 2. That's 7.4 volts, and that's your standard LiPo. And then if you ha add an extra uh, cell, 3.7 times 3, you get an 11.1 volt LiPo. And just for reference, that this isn't the maximum voltage each cell can take. So I mentioned 3.7. That's just the standard. Um, one LiPo cell can handle up to like 4.2 volts. So just keep in mind that that's not the max they can take, but that's like where you want them. Um, difference between 7.4 and 11.1s is 7.4s most normal airsoft guns can take, if not all of them can take them. Um, unless you're running like some cheap Chinese knockoff one that's like 200 bucks, which you shouldn't be buying anyways. Um, it probably won't take it, but like, you know, the guns I mentioned in the previous episode, like um, G&G, um, ICS, uh, heck, LTC, SEMAs will run 11.4s. Um, as far as the 11.1 LiPos, you'll usually need um, upgrades to your weapon or a better built weapon due to the amount of energy that these things provide. You know, 11.1s can short out your circuits. They can uh, rip gears in your in your gearbox and um, you know screw your whole system up if your gun isn't built to handle the amount of energy. Um, so usually you want to make sure that you're not buying a cheap gun and putting an 11.1 lipo in it because the moment you put that thing in full auto, you're gonna screw your whole fucking weapon up. Um, and then lastly, the uh, C rating for each lipo. So lipos usually have a couple things. They'll have the the um, the voltage, seven point seven point four or eleven point one. They'll have the C rating, which is, stands for Coulomb. I could never pronounce that, man. Um, and the higher the C rating is, um, the more uh, effective the battery is. So you have a C rating of 20 compared to a C rating of 30. C rating of 30 will perform much better because you can it can output more energy. So that means, for example, when you pull the trigger, the gearbox will cycle much faster and it'll feel like a much more realistic trigger response, as well as if you're on fully auto, since the gearbox will cycle faster, it'll just shoot BBs out faster. And now what I mentioned is if you have an 11.1, if you fully auto with a C rating of something higher than usual, if you have plastic gears in your gearbox, it'll just melt right through them. Some, some gearboxes aren't made for the fast fire rates. Some aren't made for the, the fast 
the the high C ratings. So you got to watch out. You got to do research on your gun and make sure that you're not putting a battery in that'll kill your whole system. Um, and then lastly, for both types of batteries, for the nickel metal hydrides and the lipos, you have uh, the capacities. So usually these will, these will be anywhere from uh, 2,000 milliamp hours to as low as like 800 milliamp hours. And so basically, just to give you a shortened version of what that means is whatever number they give you in the milliamp hours, and that's abbreviated as MAH, whatever number is basically the amount of shots you're going to get per battery. So for example, let's say you have a 7.4 LiPo with a C rating of 15 and a capacity of you know 13 milliamp hours. That means you're basically going to get just a standard safe LiPo on any gun and you're going to get like 1300 shots, 13 BBs, 1300 BBs out of your gun before it fully runs out. The thing with LiPos is you're not supposed to discharge them all the way. So this is where we get into the dangerous territory of LiPos. Nickel metal hydride batteries aren't as bad. They'll be fine if you discharge them all the way. I've discharged mine multiple times. Sure, they'll slow you to gray, but not as bad as lipos. So the thing with lipos is, you know, you can't puncture them. You can't put them in um, really hot environments, really cold environment. Well, cold is a little safer, but just be careful as well. Um, but the biggest thing is the charge that you have the cells at is important. If you keep them fully charged, like for weeks, for months, it'll slowly degrade the battery. So you got to be careful with your lipos that when you have them, you don't keep them at full charge. Um, this is what makes them dangerous. Um, lipo batteries, um, you usually want to put them in like a discharger and keep them like at a regularly safe storage uh, voltage. And as well, when you're using them, you don't want to use up all of the battery. You want to make sure you leave like 20% in the battery. And um, this you can usually calculate. Like what I'll usually do is I'll fully charge one, like a LiPo before a game day. I'll go out and play. And if I'm running an, an automatic, like if I'm running an AK, I'll sort of mentally take a note of how many rounds I've put through it. So let's say I'm running five mid caps and each mid cap can take like a hundred rounds each. I know that if I've used 10 mid caps, that's already a um, thousand rounds. Let's say I have a LiPo with uh, 1300 milliamp hours. That means I have 300 shots left. I shouldn't be using that LiPo anymore. Um, and what that why that is is because if you go if it goes down all the way to zero, it'll basically kill the lipo, um, and you know that's 10, 20 bucks on the drain. Um, excuse me. Um, so you want to be careful with lipos. Um, the other difference between lipos and nickel metal hydride batteries is the lipos have two sort of like connectors compared to the nickel metal hydrates have one. The nickel metal hydrates, you just plug them in to charge, use that same plug to connect into your gun, bada bing bada boom, you're done. Not for um, not for lipos. Lipos have one 
charge your port and one discharge port. You don't want to charge your gun in the discharge port or you will, I mean, you don't want to charge your battery in the discharge port because then you'll screw your LiPo up. And so how do you know, <laughs> after all of this, how do you know when you've screwed your LiPo up? Um, it'll get puffy. It'll, it'll sort of like grow and it'll, it'll seem as if it was a bubble that expanded and that's sort of when you want to make sure that you don't hold on to that lipo because you will screw that lipo up. Um, so basically when you have a lipo that puffs up, you want to soak the battery in salt water. That'll just make it say, well, for, okay, no, I'm sorry. Don't, don't do that first. Cut the leads off first and then soak the battery in salt water. That'll sort of calm it down and then you can transport it to a hobby shop or an e-cycle center and then they can dispose of it. But don't keep it around because then your freaking gun will catch fire, your lipo will catch fire, you might catch fire, be safe with lipos, um, and don't don't fuck with them. <laughs> just, just be careful, they're fine to use. I have like one, two, three, four, five, I like six lipos in like a fireproof oh, as well. They, they sell like fireproof storage bags for lipos just in case you're not 100% sure that you did it perfectly. Just keep them in the bag. Extra precaution is always great. Um, and as well, lastly, just small tips about lipos. Um, people recommend that if you're consistently running lipos and you don't keep track of, you know, how much energy your lipos have, uh, low voltage alarms for lipos are great so for example you put those in your gun and um, whenever it gets under a certain voltage the alarm will beep take off the battery that's when you know it's good um, mosfets uh, as well are really good these are little like mini computers that you connect to your to your gun leads and that'll stop a from bigger lipos from short stop bigger lipos from shorting shorting your gun, your electronics, it sort of acts like as a resistor, as well as it can also automatically disable your trigger or your gearbox from firing whenever the voltage drops before a set point. Again, you usually don't want to go under 3.1 to 3.3 volts. That's like the safe area for lipos. Uh, but again, just, just be safe with them. In general, just be safe. I've been using lipos for the past year. I, they're great. I have no problems with them, but just be safe with them. Just be smart and realize that you know this could fuck your shit up. So, um, how do you know when your gun can handle an 11.1 lipo? If you're asking the question, it probably can't. If it's a beefy gun like a Crytac, uh, VFC, uh, Avalon, those can usually run li uh, 11.1s. If it has like a pre-installed MOSFET. Basically anything that has a MOSFET will usually be able to run a LiPo, usually, as well as that it has good internals. So for example, I have an M4 that has a MOSFET in it, but it doesn't have good internals. And so when I shoot the gun, yeah, the gun shoots, but you can smell the pistons basically melting off. So, I mean the pistons, the gears, I'm sorry. Just be careful. Just, LiPos are fine, but know that this isn't like your super, I don't give a crap type, um, battery this is a I have to be a responsible adult battery and lastly just make sure you have a good charger for them as well 
um, you know, get a smart charger. Don't get some plug into the wall and whatever charger because that will also puff your battery up and it'll sort of later set on fire. Do you guys remember those quick, quick tangent here? The hoverboards, like not the actual, like not the Back to the Future ones, like the ones that had like two wheels and um, like Kylie Jenner was on and um, that's like a big thing and they started like blowing up on everyone. Those had lipos in them. So just to give an idea of what lipos can do, I mean that was they were bigger bigger lipo packs, but same thing. They carry a lot of a lot of energy in them, and just as easy as they can discharge that energy into your gun, they can discharge that energy into freaking flames and screw shit up. Be responsible with them, and yeah, just be careful. Um, as well, if you have if you have batteries for like storage as well, like lipos, usually want to have them around 3.8 volts per cell. Um, and you can store them in full, in full charge, but, you know, slowly it'll degrade them and then the capacity will usually lower. Um, so, yeah, just be careful with lipos. These are the most common, uh, well, AEGs are the most common and the lipos are sort of like, let's say 30 to 40% usage compared to the nickel metal hydrate batteries, um, just because those are more common. Because they usually come with guns. They're way easier to ship. And yeah, just be careful. Um, you can just... It's ah, <laughs> it's much easier to just do research on them. To re, uh, re-learn what I've talked about. If you're going to buy a LiPo. Just so you know exactly what's going on. Just Google um, Airsoft LiPo Guide. There's tons of videos on them. That do a much better job of explaining them than I do. Um... And lastly, if you want to get a lipo, um, hobbyking.com. Uh, I'm not I'm not sponsored. The Hobby King, if you do want to sponsor me, feel free to get in touch. Um, but Hobby King is really good for getting you know um, high quality like lipo smart charger and a 7.4 lipo. They're really cheap um, from Hobby King, and these are always good batteries. Uh, very rarely, not screw very rarely, like Hobby King might seem like a sketchy website, but I promise you that it is an okay website. All of the Airsoft community buys from there. Um, and yeah, that's where I'd recommend you get your LiPos. Hell, even if you're like an RC enthusiast or drones or anything, LiPos, HobbyKing.com. Um, great place to get some. And uh, yeah, so that's it for LiPos. That's it for uh, electric Airsoft guns. I mean, automatic electric guns, or AGs. Most people just refer them to AGs. No one says the whole full acronym. And yeah, wow. That was a uh, long section. We're coming up on the 30-minute mark. Sorry about that. Um, so, the next step up from that is, um, in my opinion, I, I value these over AGs a lot more, is... BASRs or bolt action sniper rifles. Basically, um, you're spraying guns on steroids. People, for so most fields, we usually allow specific FPS limits per gun for designation of guns. So pistols will have a smaller FPS limit than, uh, you know, an M4. An M4 will have a smaller FPS limit than sniper rifles. Sniper rifles are classified by 
the bolt action and usually these will have much better range than M4s. Now granted, if you just buy uh, a spring sniper on Amazon and that's it, you're gonna freaking hate it. You're gonna get outranged by everyone. If you want a good spring sniper, you gotta upgrade it and this is why I put it over the AG list in, complex in complexity because to make a good um, bolt action sniper rifle, you have to build it on your own. You have to do research, um, and it will usually run you a pretty penny. Um, you can make one for as far as I think it's like three, four hundred bucks that'll hit like three hundred foot shots. You know, like eighty meter shots. Um, but again, I'll cover those in a different episode. Just know that it's good sniper rifles aren't bought; they're built. Unless you want to buy like the Novrich. SSG24, which is a waste of money. We'll go over that in a different episode. Um, just now that these use a spring, similar to your you know, spring guns, except they're much more efficient. Much, much more efficient. And due to the parts inside of them, they're much more accurate. Um, so just know that those exist. Um, next, you have, I'm going to cover, basically, I just do both of these in one section. GBBRs and GBBPs. Gas blowback rifles and gas blowback pistols. So, gas blowback, these are great. Um, so, for example, let's say you've been running an AG for the past year, and you're like, this is cool, but I want a step up in the realism. Gas blowback rifles are great. They're also expensive. <laughs> um, an entry-level gas blowback rifle usually costs you like 300 bucks for the base gun. Um, and they're usually more of a high maintenance cost because they require gas, which is a consumable object. <laughs> and they require uh, more expensive mags and parts. Um, the way most gas um, blowback rifles will work is the gas will be inserted into each magazine, which makes the magazines more expensive. And this is sort of like how it was for the CO2 pistols. Um, that's how it feeds in the power to the rifle and usually gas blowback rifles will cycle bolts so it's basically what it's like to fire an actual rifle again less recoil but it's louder the gas blowback rifles are usually much louder than AEGs as well as they usually have much more recoil they just feel nicer to play with as for how effective they are, again, it's a lot more, it's really expensive to make one of these things compete with like a high-end AEG. But hell, if you have the money, it's great. Um, it feels realistic. And if you want a more of a simulation type experience, rather than like an airsoft, like competitive experience, go with gas blowback rifles. Um, but again, just know that they're much harder to tech on. They're usually more pricier, but again, since they're usually more pricier, they usually have higher build quality. They're usually just better overall as far as like the look and feel to them. Um, so again, you know, it's, it's, it's a good option. I recommend them, but again, to his zone. And gas blowback pistols. So I covered CO2s, CO2 pistols. Technically, you could also count um, CO2s as gas blowback pistols, but I'm too lazy to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, so the types 
of gas blowback pistols the same way as gas blowback rifles is where you put the the gas in the mag um, in each mag so mags are usually more expensive but these things will usually recoil um, and you basically have two types of options when it comes to um, filling your your mags with gas is you have green gas or you have propane basically propane is the same thing as green gas sometimes you do need adapters to fill up your mag with with propane but green gas is like the airsoft standard and it's basically propane mixed with silicone oil and like a, a scent that way you don't it doesn't smell like crap so green gas I personally recommend it like that's what I use now for my pistols I'm running a Glock uh, 17 and that's what my mags carry is uh, green gas it's a reliable weapon it's a reliable system um, and basically just a quick rundown of how to use uh, green gas in case you're looking into that um, you know just don't basically just be safe with it as well you know don't smoke a cigarette near them or punch a hole in the can and as well as when you load the mags in is the first time the first time I did it you know I was fortunately laughed at because I didn't know which is why I'm spreading the knowledge to you all is you want to get the mag you want to get your can of green gas right side up and you want to flip both of them right side down so you're gonna have the the feeding side of the mag looking down at the ground and you want to have the, the propane uh, I mean the green gas container looking down and that's how you feed it. You don't want to feed them right side up. You want to feed them upside down. Um, and what that does is that like m just mixes everything better and it gets all the liquid that you need actually inside the gun just compared to just pure gas. Um, so yeah, just turn them both around. There should be a little hole at the bottom of your mag and just put it in there. Or, you know, however your, your gun takes gas, just make sure you try to do it upside down. Um, and yeah. Uh, and propane and green gas basically function the same way like there's almost no difference in my opinion and there's other like types of really sketchy stuff like black gas or red gas oh no oh, red gas is just co2 but like you know all those weird like acronyms just go with propane or green gas green gas preferably propane if you know you're in a sticky situation but up to you um and um Green gas pistols are usually pretty easy-ish to tech on, in my opinion. Um, as well, just green gas guns in general. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, like sidearms. Like, I'm, I run a KWA Mac 11 with that runs on green gas, and it's fairly easy to take apart, you know. Um, but you know, to the zone, uh, up to you what you want. They have more recoil. They're louder, but they're more prevalent as far as sidearms go. There's more parts of them. So they're basically like the AGs of sidearms. Green gas pistols. CO2 if you want, but I'd recommend green gas. And then lastly, the uh, scary one is um, HPA. So HPA um, is uh, an acronym for high pressure air. And it's like your in-game type um, setup for airsoft. So as you know, paintball uses compressed um, air inside of huge canisters. So some insane human being decided, you know what? That would be cool for airsoft. So what, what HPA is, is they feed 
a hose from a paintball type tank. You know, these come in all shapes and sizes, so you, um, depends on what you want. But it looks like a little paintball tank, and it runs. It's a hose line from the tank into the gun. The feed tube will usually be at the bottom where the trigger is. Um, and it just feeds her into the gun. So instead of needing a battery, instead of needing um, gas, it's just compressed air. Um, and that propels the BBs out of the barrel. These things are complex as hell. They're expensive. And they can potentially be dangerous if you just screw things up. But the amount of um, quality you get out of them, the amount of performance you get out of HPAs are definitely worth the money. If you just want to instantly make a good gun, if you don't want to deal with all the crazy, oh, will this gear fit near this piston? Like, just, just get an HPA system. That's it. That's the easiest way to, to basically level up your gun. Um, and they could definitely be made to be better than most AGs and most gas blowback rifles just because of the flexibility. Um, I personally run HPA on my sniper rifle, which is crazy. I know, right? <laughs> um, so basically, instead of having to pull the spring back and you know deal with that, I just have a little hose that feeds into um, the uh, the where the not the gearbox, but like where the piston is, and so it feeds down under the trigger, um, under the grip. And I have a little hose attached, and then I have a conversion kit, so I don't have to run like the big paintball type tanks. I just run a little CO2 canister in there. It's a little bit more expensive to consistently use, just because CO2 will generally run you a little bit more per canister. Um, but you know, it's easier. It's more consistent. HPA systems, for example, if they're um, running, if you're running an HPA system on an M4. Um, your rate of fire will usually be insane, your consistency will usually be insane, everything will usually be good, it'll be consistent. Um, and for example, in my situation, which is why I chose to run HPA setup, is because for sniper rifles, um, it's really difficult to get like really exact FPS um, limits. You know, like I, I don't want to be like 20 FPS under the limit. I just want to be like two or three, and HPA systems will allow you to change the amount of air pressure in your rifle, like on the spot. So that lets you go to chrono, and if you're going to shooting too low or if you're shooting too hot, boom, just pull out a tool and you adjust it on the spot, chrono again, and you're perfect. Um, those are really good, but again, they're expensive. My rifle was fairly expensive, um, and they're a pain in the butt to to work on. Um, so just know that those are out there. Um, if you hear a gun shooting really freaking fast, chances are it is an HPA system. Uh, like, I don't know, 80% of the time. There's other like AGs that have what's called a dual sector gear setup, which is basically they shoot just as fast as an HPA system, but they're a, like a Texan nightmare. They're insane. They're insane. You know, you can make a Mercedes type gun out of all of these options. You know, you can make a Mercedes type gun out of HPA systems, which is the most common out of um, gas blow bike rifles, out of bolt action snipers, out of AGs, you know, um, 
it's it's up to whatever system you want to run how much money you want to spend and how much time you're willing to learn to make mistakes um, and to do research um, you know there's different options all of these work you know I started off using AGs I moved on to a bolt action sniper um, I haven't actually Oh no, I have I have an MP7. That's um, that's a gas blowback rifle. I've never I haven't used it in the field yet. I'm gonna use it next weekend, um, and I'm currently using an HPA setup. So I've been, I guess, through all the corners of the earth when it comes to types of weapons, um, and you know you just gotta find what's what's right for you. Um, and again, with all these, all all of these except maybe with the exception of the spring pistols. And the spraying guns can be dangerous if you mishandle them. Just be an adult. <laughs> just be smart about it. And just don't fiddle with anything you're not supposed to. Don't do stupid things. Don't drop anything you don't need to drop. Um, and, you know, you'll be fine. Uh, and that as much about covers it for um, airsoft rifles. You do have crazy stuff like... Um, like rocket launchers that are sort of HPA, not really, I guess. That will like launch like Nerf balls with air, you know, crazy other stuff like Thunder Bees as well. But those are more; these are more of like accessories, in my opinion. I covered your main primaries and your options when it comes to running um, rifles and airsoft, and you pick and choose what you want. Again, as well, do research on your own. This is a podcast to sort of at least these couple episodes are to get you introduced to the different ideas of what's going on, but it doesn't cover everything. It doesn't cover them in depth. And, you know, sometimes just reading it on paper or on your screen is a lot easier than listening to me. So, um, that about wraps it up for this podcast. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been a long one. We're coming up on the, uh, 46 minute mark. Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to thank you all for, listening i hope you have a wonderful day i hope everyone calls or hits and i hope no one gets into fights like the ones you see on youtube keep it safe out there represent our community this is a great sport and i don't see any reason why it's not only getting better uh and yeah have a good day and i'll catch you around thanks